Voices of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church of Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. You can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any other popular podcast platforms. This week, Pastor Jordan brings us a sermon called Gifts of Hope. It looks at how we often think spiritual gifts are only for those who are more spiritual than us. But what if gifts from God weren't just contained to spiritual? It comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Uh, we're going through a series called People of Hope. And so we're talking about, uh, specifically, you know us, New Hope. And, and what does it mean to be people of hope in our world today? And today we're going to talk about gifts of hope. And what, what are gifts? What are spiritual gifts? And how can we use those to inspire hope in others? But before we get to all of that, uh, I want to talk a little bit about how in our world today we've all become instant experts on anything because of technology. Maybe there was something you had no clue about three months ago, but now you know everything, right? You are the expert on this topic. And the digital age has kind of ushered in this unfiltered age of information. That there's just any kind of information available to you at any time. Information that can, uh, at any second, can, you can get an answer to a question. Uh, at any second, you can find meaning to the chaos you perceive around you. And at any moment, you can uh, find a viewpoint that confirms your own. I tried this out because uh, with a simple question... You ask the question, is coffee good for you? Okay? Is coffee good for you is the first one. And it says, not only, this is the top one, not only can your daily cup of joe help you feel more energized, burn fat, improve physical performance, it may also lower your risk of several conditions such as type 2 diabetes, cancer, and Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. In fact, coffee may even boost longevity. All right? Yeah. It's for all the coffee <laughs> lovers out there. But I don't know if that means like 10 cups a day, okay? So then I search, is coffee bad for you? And the first thing said, it could create heart disease. Drinking unfiltered boiled coffee increases the amount of cholesterol and other fats in the blood, so on and so forth. I don't want to pronounce the, the tough words in there. But as you can see, <laughs> you can find information for anything you want. They call it confirmation bias, right? You could go searching and you're like, I like that answer. That fits with how I view the world. That fits with how I see things. If I love coffee, I'm going to go with the healthy benefits over the negative ones, right? But if you don't like coffee, you're going to go with the negative benefits and then you're going to tell everybody about it because you are now the expert on it. So we can find almost anything we want about anything that kind of confirms our own view. We also are in a place where people feel like you have to make yourself stand out in some way, that you have to have some kind of persona online when it comes to social media, when it comes to Facebook or TikTok or Twitter, all those things. People are now thinking, I need to do something. I need to have certain gifts in order to stand out so that I can be famous. 
But even with all this, with information and everything, what it does, it is not as helpful as we may think. It's split us into us versus them. It has split us into these camps where we believe the information we find is correct and the information our opponents find is incorrect. And then we know who they are because of the language they use. We all have coded language, right? Do you ever hear a word and it feels like a buzzer goes off in your head? That you just know what it means? That, that not even the word itself what it means, but the context behind the word, right? We come up with our own coded words for uh, our ideology and where we belong to and what information you trust. And we're now conforming into groups in which are homogenous. That are, we are, the more polarized we get, the more we gravitate towards groups that are more and more like us. So that there's less and less diversity among us. And if you don't fit in the uniform of that group, you are they, you are the outsider. Because we think our group has this, this secret, that we have the truth, that we have the thing that nobody else knows, and we've been blessed with that, therefore making us superior and right. I think this is the negative effects of the digital age that continue to wreak havoc across our country and culture. But we in the church have done similar things in the past without the help of technology. And we've done that with spiritual gifts. We've, we've talked about spiritual gifts in our scripture today. And most oftentimes we use the gifts that are mentioned in the scripture and, and other places throughout the New Testament. Uh, things like speaking in tongues, uh, preaching, prophesying, uh, all those different things that feel very spiritual, right? Sounds very spiritual. But in the context of our scripture today, the, the idea of gifts was kind of revolutionary because there was this hierarchical structure that you didn't have any special skills. You're just somebody, a cog in the machine that kept it running. But somewhere along the way, with the church in Corinth, with all good intention, it became the opposite. They started taking their spiritual gifts and thinking that they were superior than others with whichever spiritual gift they have. So when Paul is talking about the spiritual gifts in this passage, he's pointing out spiritual gifts that were going on in that church and the ones that people thought were superior to others. We've made spiritual gifts into the strictly about something supernatural or spiritual. I bet when you heard the term spiritual gifts for this morning, you thought, oh boy, I don't want to be speaking in tongues today. Because that's where our mind goes, right? It just goes immediately to the supernatural pieces of spiritual gifts. And we even have offshoots of Christianity that, that believe you have to have certain spiritual gifts to prove that you are a true believer. But what if we widen this idea of spiritual gifts? What if we widen it more that it's not just these supernatural spiritual things, but we all have gifts in some sort of talents that God has bestowed upon us, widening it so it's not so much about an exclusive test of who you belong to. I have to flip this over. My, my notes printed off, and it was upside down on the other side. So, uh, but... <laughs> 
which makes it all the more confusing when you sit down and you try and read it and go through it beforehand. Uh, But in our scripture today, Paul is talking to the church in Corinth because this is the thing that's going on for them. And it's it's hurting their witness in the world. It's hurting their witness as Christians in the world because this is also a movement that is relatively new at the time. So Paul reminds them that their gifts were given to them by God in order to use for the unity of the body of Christ. So the scripture that was read today, there's kind of three parts to it. There's the part that was read, then the next part is all about the unity of the body of Christ, and it has different parts, that different parts play different roles. And then the third part is about love. So Paul is making a point that gift, no gift is above another. It's about working together. It's about unity rather than uniformity. Unity rather than uniformity. I like to think of it in terms of a car engine. And I was working, I was putting new spark plugs into my 2000 Subaru Outback. This is not its engine. Okay? I believe, I think this is a Mustang engine. But, and you start to notice, an engine wouldn't work if all the parts were all the same size. Right? It's very intricate. In order for, in the Subaru Outback, to replace the, the spark plugs, you have to remove some things to get to it. And it fits so nicely together, right? So these, all these parts of an engine are not uniform together, but they work in unity together in order to make a car run. I think if we have people with different skills, different uh, uh, talents, gifts, that, that represents the body of Christ more than just being uniform or homogenous. So what is it we're talking about when we talk about gifts then? The Bible can't list every single gift. The Bible would be much longer if we had hundreds of pages of different gifts that people have. And it wouldn't be able to anticipate certain gifts some of us do have nowadays. Instead, it's listing the gifts that were of concern in the church of Corinth. So I believe that gifts can be anything that just naturally comes to you. Allie was talking about it earlier, where it's baking. She loves to bake. That's just a natural thing. It doesn't feel like a chore to her. She just wants to do it. Good for her. I hate it, all right? That's not my gift. Or even painting. Painting uh, is something that takes time and it takes vision. What a gift do you have that comes naturally to you? What's something that feels like you love to do it and just you just know how to do it? I've been gifted with useless knowledge. <laughs> so I thank God for that every day. <laughs> Useless knowledge about movies. I could tell you what date a movie came out, who the actors are in it. Useless knowledge. You don't need this for anything, right? Unless I somehow get on a game show at some point and I, it's all about movie questions. But I believe gifts could be so many things. We need to stop thinking about it in terms of spiritual things or supernatural things of, of speaking in tongues. Those are gifts, but that's not the only gifts. And in some ways, when we think that's the only spiritual gifts, then we kind of excuse ourselves from it. Because we're like, I don't have that. I, don't, I can't speak in tongues. I can't preach. I can't teach. 
But I think people, God gave people the gift to be able to work with mechanical things. Mechanics have a natural tendency to know what to do with not just car engines, but anything mechanical, right? God gave people the gift to be good with finances. People that are on our board of stewards, thank you. I am not good with numbers and finances. Not my favorite thing in the world. But there are people that have those gifts. God gave people the gift to be good with home repairs. Those in our uh, fix-it ministry, they have those natural gifts in order to help others and repair things in their homes. Some people have the gift of hospitality, of making people feel welcome and like family in their homes. Maybe somebody's gifted with being a designer. They know how to design rooms and, and clothes and things like that. And nowadays with technology and computers, somebody's maybe gifted with coding and they know how to speak the language of computers. And Paul makes it clear in our passage for today that, that no gift is above another. That our gifts are to be used for the building up of the body of Christ. I want to use another example here. I'm going to have a picture of an orchestra, but I actually, since we had the choir today, I want to kind of use them as an example, but it's, we could kind of uh, relate them as the same thing. There are different instruments in an orchestra. There are different uh, singers in a choir. There are different styles of, of singing, playing. You got tenors, altos, sopranos, bass, but they're all following the same conductor. There's different tones and volumes of playing, but you have the same composer of the music who wrote the piece and whose music must come through in the performance. So all these gifts and different things are working together to create a beautiful sound. So whatever your gift may be, it's come from God. And Christ's example is how to live and use your gifts in life. And the Spirit is the one who helps you live out those gifts. Now, I want to talk a little bit about what does it mean to misuse gifts? Because people can have wonderful gifts, but use them in the wrong way. So how do we know if people are using them in the wrong way? Too often we see people using it to benefit themselves. Because in this scripture, Paul has talked about the gifts, and later on he goes to the body of Christ, and this is working towards the unity and building up of the body of Christ. So if people are using their gifts only for themselves, that should be a red flag. If they're only doing it for themselves rather than the whole community. We all use our own gifts for ourselves at some point, right? So that, that doesn't mean that's wrong, but when you're using it just to benefit yourself and put yourself in front of others and over others, instead of using it for a benefit of your community and those around you, that's what should be a red flag. This becomes rather apparent in sports especially, right? If you have one of those hotshot star players that thinks they can do it all themselves, then the team's not going to work well together. It'll be to the detriment of the community around one another. But if you have a team that, that has some star players hurt or out, then you have to rely on the gifts of just all the other players and you, you can't rely just solely on star players, well, then that's when really miraculous things happen. 
I could feel it in some of you. You're like, oh, I think he's going somewhere with that. If you rely on the gifts of everyone around you, not solely on those who are just the stars, that's when things really get going for the kingdom of God. So if Paul is clear on the fact that our gifts are to be used for the benefit of others, we will be able to see wolf in sheep's clothing, the people who, who use it and say that they're for the kingdom of God, but they're actually just using it for themselves. It's going to make it a little bit easier to spot that. Because if people are proclaiming their faith in God but using their gifts towards selfish ambition without the concern of their own community, that should be a red flag. I want to read 1 Corinthians 13. This is the next part uh, after the unity of the body of Christ. And this is the one we read mostly at weddings. This is the one where we're like, uh, at the end of it, love is patient, love is kind, right? It's, it's all nice for, for marriage. But this is actually in the context of the greater uh, community of God that Paul is talking about spiritual gifts, unity of the body of Christ. And then he says, if I speak in tongues of human beings and of angels, but I don't have love, I'm a clanging gong or a clashing cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I know all the mysteries and everything else, and if I have such complete faith that I can move mountains, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give away everything that I have and hand over my own body to feel good about what I've done, but I don't have love, I receive no benefit whatsoever. Love is patient, love is kind. It isn't jealous, it doesn't brag, it isn't arrogant, it isn't rude, it doesn't seek its own advantage. It isn't irritable, it doesn't keep a record of complaints, it isn't happy with injustice, but is happy with the truth. Love puts up with all things, trusts in all things, hopes for all things, endures all things. Love never fails. So it's kind of a brilliant passage where Paul is talking about if you have these gifts but you don't have love, then it's kind of pointless. But this is what love is, because then the next question people always have is, well, then what is love? Because we all can have our own idea of what love means and how to love someone. And so he lays it out. These are the things of love. These are the fruits of love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Paul is telling us that sometimes our gifts may fail us, but love never fails. So even if you use your gift and it doesn't work for something, but you have love behind it, love does not fail. So we know that if someone is using their gifts for their own selfishness and are doing so without love, that is the misuse of gifts. If they're doing it for themselves and not the community and there isn't love behind it, that's the misuse of gifts. So what does this mean for us then? What does it mean uh, to have gifts and live them out in our world? I think our gifts, they help us give purpose to our lives. That's one of the things where when the world feels so chaotic and feels like you don't know what's going on, you, you want to find some kind of purpose to help center you in the storm. But your gifts can give you that purpose. If you're having a rough day and you're somebody that is um, gifted in cleaning, most likely you're going to go clean to help kind of settle your soul. You could go, you could come clean my house and for the betterment of the community too, right? 
And then uh, it releases the burden of having to be an expert on everything. I think that can be so exhausting if you feel like you have to know everything about everything going on in the world. It's okay to say, I don't know. And then you could trust others who have the gifts to know. You could trust in them, especially if they're using their gifts appropriately and not misusing them. You could trust them in what they're doing because you don't have those gifts. So you gotta trust people at some point with those. When I go to the doctor, I'm gonna have to trust the doctor when he tells me certain things because I deal with spiritual things, not with the body. And so I, I don't know if I'm going to tell him, I don't think that's so, doctor. I read online. <laughs> the gifts also give us hope. It gives us hope, it gives the community hope, because you start to see glimmers of the reality of God present before us. It helps you get to see what, what the world could be like the already but not yet, the kingdom to come. It helps, us, it helps us get with the body of Christ within our social and political peacemaking work, that we are agents of peacemaking in the world, that we are, we are the love of Christ in the world to listen, to care for, to help navigate some of the tougher things within our world. And some of us have gifts for that. Some of us may not, but some of us do and those gifts can help us with those tough issues within our world so i want you to think about in the coming weeks what are what's your gift and how can you use that gift to bless someone without expecting anything in return how can you use it if Allie likes baking she can bake cookies for somebody and that that gives that brightens somebody day somebody's day right If you're good at cleaning, you can come over to my house and clean the house, right? (laughs) If you are are a person that has a gift of encouragement, you can encourage somebody in the next couple weeks because I think we all could use that. If you have the gift of hospitality, invite somebody over for dinner. If you have the gift of finances, you can help somebody get some of their finances in order. Your gifts can give relief, it can give hope, it can give encouragement. So think about how you can use that in the coming weeks. And I want you to remember, too, that your gifts are the building blocks to bring the reality of God here on earth. That this is happening piece by piece. That this is how it's supposed to work. Why we have the image from Paul of the body of Christ, all these different parts working together, is that we're doing this piece by piece, that each of us plays a part in the larger role within history of bringing reconciliation and redemption of the kingdom of God, the reality of God, to earth here and now. Not through once-in-a-lifetime supernatural moments, but the everyday common acts of gifts through the diverse people of God, given to the unity of the body of Christ. Would you pray with me? God, may we understand the gifts that you have given us. Even if we view them as simple and inconsequential, may we know that our gifts can bless somebody's day. Our gifts can give hope, encouragement, 
within a world that continues to create us versus them. May our gifts continue to bring people together. May it continue to reveal the reality of God before us. May we understand Christ's example and try and follow that same example of using gifts to help others. Jesus healed when he was on earth. He gave encouragement and redemption through his gifts. May we also do the same. Please stand and receive the benediction. Friends, as you go this week, may you find the gifts that God has given you to create encouragement and hope in your communities. May you love your neighbor as yourself by those gifts, and may you love God with everything that you have, and may you abound in hope this week, now and forevermore. And all God's people said, amen. Go in peace. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. Go in peace and have a wonderful week.